I'm Michelle with Google, and I am the host of the Realtor Lady Podcast. And this podcast is an exploration of the real estate industry with the people who actually work in it. I talk with real estate agents from all across the U.S. We go over the similarities and the differences in our markets, all with the idea to better inform and give people a better idea of what's going on in the real estate market as it's changing. I also talk to vendors, lenders, and people who have other roles in the real estate community, all to better give you an idea of what's going on. Think of it as kind of like real estate commentary instead of sports commentary. And if that's something that interests you and you like to follow the real estate market, tell your friends you can't talk right now because you are with The Realtor Lady. Hey there, it's Michelle Replogo, your Realtor Lady. Can I just thank you for listening to my podcast? It's been a year and I have had such a blast. I enjoy this so much. Great conversations about real estate and how it ticks and some really great guests talking about Santa Cruz and things that are coming to Santa Cruz, like the some of the environmental programs. I've just had so much fun. But I did get some feedback. I heard from some people that, while they like the podcast, they just don't have enough time to listen to it. So I thought maybe instead of a podcast every week, I would do one every other week. And that would give people time to listen to all their favorite podcasts along with mine. Because COVID restrictions have gotten the world kind of back up and running. They just don't really have the time to listen to a lot of podcasts like we used to. So I will be every other week now. And I will still be producing all the same great content. So please subscribe, like, share, and review. I'd love to hear from you if there's something that you want me to explore or somebody you'd like me to talk to. For this week, I am interviewing my local broker here, uh, Santa Cruz County broker, Greg Mann with Santa Cruz Coldwell Banker Realty. And he talks about the shift in the market. Now listen to it kind of carefully because what he's really saying is while we know the market is going to change with the interest rates rising and affordability going lower, the shift doesn't happen as quickly as the news cycle would lead people to believe. So when it actually happens and hits, it's going to seem all of a sudden but we're actually watching very small markers change the market. So give it a listen, review. And by the way, if you want to get a hold of me, my information is in the show notes, or you can find me at Michelle at Michelle Sells for You. I'm on YouTube. I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram. I'm pretty easy to find, I think, or you can just Google me. And I'd love to hear from you. Thanks. Today, my guest is Greg Mann, broker for Santa Cruz County with Coldwell Banker Realty. And today we are going to talk about the changing market, interest rates, and the effect on the market here in Santa Cruz and what we're seeing. But we have a bonus where Greg has connections throughout the area. So he's going to comment on what the Silicon Valley and Monterey are feeling as well, because we are also intertwined. Uh, we're going to touch on some changes to real estate, um, what what Coldwell Banker is saying about that. So uh, welcome, Greg. Please impart all of your wisdom. 
<laughs> Thank you for having me. You're like, um, oh, wait, I don't have any wisdom. Yes. Wait, can I, we stop? I, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot to mention. I forgot to mention. I'm not very wise. I my wisdom. Yeah, that's not my other briefcase. Um, <laughs> hey, no, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's uh, very topical right now. This, um, you know, the, the theme of this particular podcast is well-timed as I think we're feeling the first sort of challenges perhaps of a transitioning market as we uh, work with our buyers and sellers in these transactions in Santa Cruz County. Um, and yeah, as Michelle mentioned, uh, right before I hopped on this podcast, I was in a um, Northern California regional managers meeting. Uh, and of course, the changing market conditions has come up and it's come up from pretty much every manager across Northern California had similar sentiment and the feels of what's um, happening and the agents uh, feedback from, you know, the transactions. And so, um, yeah, it, it, it does have, there are, there are idiosyncrasies that come along with being very connected to tech money in this particular region, as well as having properties which are coastal on the beach and surrounded by a lot of nature and, um, you know, with limited development potential. So those always historically have presented Santa Cruz County with uh, idiosyncrasies. And uh, those are highlighted oftentimes in these transitioning markets. Well, yes. So all the idiosyncrasies, nature and beauty and the fun that you can have here is the asterisk to declining markets found in other areas that don't have that. So... Because the demand here still, to me, as a buyer's agent, seems still very busy. My home inspectors are still two weeks out, uh, you know, yeah. and I'm still scrambling to get. Now, what has changed, and I think it's interesting, is the contract or the vendors I typically work with, the home inspectors and the termite guys that I work with on a regular basis have been like, oh, let me fit you in. Like, oh, I need to make her happy. She stays busy. I, I'm right. starting to get that, not because I'm so wonderful, but it's like, oh, here's the person who kind of does the business all the time. And maybe I'll make sure that I get her in just so um, I stay on her radar. That has totally changed in the last two years for me. So, yes. And, and I, you know, I think that goes along with conversation we've had previously about the sort of shelter in place and uh, hate to bring up anything that gives anyone any PTSD, but um, you know, we often talk about an 80% of the business being done by 20% of the realtors. And there was some sentiment and my feelings as, as an ob observer were that, um, you know, it went to more of a 90, 10, at least briefly. Yeah. And I think that that fits into that, what you're describing that you have sort of a consistency in your transaction, uh, frequency, um, which of course every realtor is looking for, as well as any inspector and anyone in a, you know, hired for a job, the job ends, look for the next job, sort of a career or business, um, consistency is, is highly desirable. So, um, like likes to attract, attract yeah. like, um, and people that, uh, identify, oh, this is a consistent professional who has established a pipeline that is something I would like to be a, a involved in. And so, yeah. And I think that, you know, maybe it has moved a little bit to closer back to a 20, you know, percent doing 80%. Um, but, um, it's in recent years, that's been a, a notion and, um, yeah, I think you're right to that. That's I'm, I'm bet you're not the only one feeling that that is in a position like you're in with the frequency of the business that you're handling. 
yeah, I'm just starting to get really busy. Um, so the changes that you guys talked about, you did you did you mention what you thought was coming from Santa Cruz, or you just listened to what they thought was going to be happening? I kept it a secret just for your ears only today. Um, no, I'm I, unveiling I, I, my. For, I'm frankly, unveiling I'm this today. <laughs> I'm rolling this out. Today. That's right. This is the great <laughs> unveil. Yeah. So they're going to have to tune in, uh, my realtor, the realtor lady, and uh, really find out what's going on in Santa Cruz County. But no, I did. I, I'd like to use my ears a lot more than my mouth when I'm in meetings such as that. And um, as a result, um, yeah, what I was hearing was not that different from what we're experiencing here in Santa Cruz County. Um, and and what I'll say is this: one of my, um, you know, after about eight years of managing, you start to pick up on things that you can't really be trained. And one of the things that uh, has come up is just sort of um, recognizing sounds that uh, might be um, something that you could forecast as a result of having, you know, heard them, you know, and, and maybe you've heard it a few times and you're thinking, oh, it's a trend. And then you try to think, well, what does that mean? And so some of the sounds that I'm hearing are things like, you know, I had five people saying they were bringing an offer on my listing. And then I ended up with like one or two. And that is pretty self-explanatory. That didn't take eight years to figure that one out. But that certainly has come up um, that it, it's the case that, you know, I'm getting this many disclosure package downloads and I'm getting this many sort of verbal, mm, mm -hmm. you know, threats of offer, threat being a funky word there, but that's what often what we say. And, um, and then what did you end up with? And so what I like to sort of conclude with that here, you have a buyer that's viewed a property they have their buyer's agent. They communicate with their buyer's agent. Hey, I think we really want to make a play on this. We like this place. And they decide not to. And, you know, the buyer, buyer agent position has been a very challenging one in the last couple of years. And you're just, if anything is go time, it's full throttle. It's a very high speed transactional situation for buyer's mm -hmm. agents. And, and so buyer's agents are jumping to the conclusion, go full throttle and speaking with that list agent. And that list agent hears the sounds of, oh, it sounds like that's going to be an offer. Oh. And then a buyer changes their mind, right? Or what have you. Well, yeah. Right? That could be a style versus a signal of the market, though, because I never do that. Could be. I could be. But usually signals, you know, it's like when I have a few different, very, very different agents reporting similar things such right. as that then I kind of tick that up, tick that to being a um, possible conditions situation, like a change. So I've seen a few price reductions, but I've gone to look at the property and went, okay, they were dreaming anyway. It didn't seem based yeah. in reality. Yet there are properties that are still going very fast and multiple offers. Uh, there's still a lot of activity to the the best location, the best condition. And what I've started to see is what we see. And then when the market shifts a little bit is that the properties that weren't that great, that were a little overpriced or they didn't have the great location, they're the ones that start to, to signal or tingle. Something's changing. Not everything's being bought, but this core for, I don't know, I would say since 2013, this core of really great properties still does just fine. 
it, yeah. you know, what it, this whole outer, it's going to change, but the inner is priced well, nice house. And then we should talk a little bit about the upper end who doesn't seem as concerned with the interest rates. Right. I've seen a little price That's reduction there, but I haven't seen a whole lot of, uh, I don't see it dropping there. I've seen a little, little bit. What, what are your feelings about the upper end? Because that's usually a signal as well. It's a great point to bring up. Um, you know, the leading um, market influencer in terms of what is impacting our market to have certain things come up would be interest rates rising, obviously. Interest rates went up faster than they pretty much ever have, I think. So fast. You know, from three to five and, you know, zero to 60 in one second, right? So that's a big factor. And where does that hit most? Well, the affordable range, right? And so the cash purchases are very much an element, especially near the, the Silicon Valley, especially on or near the beach. Um, and so, yeah, we're seeing, you know, upwards of about 40% of transactions are all cash. So we have about 60% of transactions should be impacted by these rising interest rates. And so the very high end typically doesn't involve financing. And as you come down towards the most affordable side of pricing, um, there's a direct correlation with uh, the likelihood for financing, right? And so, yeah, I think that um, there's a delay in the market reaction with the high end due to the leading impact being from interest rates going up. And so I think that, yeah, I think that that's a consensus. I have seen it in, you know, real estate articles um, and that, um, you know, certain, there are certain elements that suggest market change. And, you know, these are the things and interest rates are one. And when interest rates lead the sort of various elements can, that can impact the market conditions, I think the affordable range is the most quickly impacted. I spoke with a seller yesterday who has an older home that needs repairs in a pretty rural spot in Watsonville. And I said, because the interest rates are going up, you're going to have a bit of a harder time because your buyer is more impacted by the interest rates. And then, you know, I talked to another client in Carbonera. They have a large redone house. They're looking at 2.5 all day long. Nobody cares about interest rates in that atmosphere, in my opinion. Now, we're not on the market yet. So right now, I can say that to them. But for her, she goes, I know. And I, I said, it's just us down here at this end end up paying for all the other people at the other end. And she, she was just like, okay. She, she wanted to know what the impact was. And that's yeah. her mark. And she's around 700000 Right. And, you know, and I like to call that price sensitivity, right? And so cost of financing hitting harder in the more affordable price ranges causes that price range to have a more sensitive pricing element. And so that comes to play when you're strategizing. What is our ask price or list price? What are we, what is our marketing price? What price are we putting on all of the websites, the materials that advertise this to get people to want to come see it, to consider buying it, to going into the deep engaged conversations with their financial advisor. 
and um, and so you you have to create a perception of value, and that became more challenging as the cost went up for the average buyer in the price range. So it's a critical strategic element, and it also will directly impact the statistics as we gain about you know another month or two to then reflect on what are these prices going for, right? And one of the things that comes to mind is, you know, sale to list price ratio. So one of the measures we have, the two, I'd say the two measures we look at frequently in, in transitioning markets are days on market. How long did it sit in an active status before it became contingent or pending? Another would be how much did it go for in comparison to the list price? And so the, the problem we often face in, I think the real estate industry is we're advising these sellers in this more affordable range in a market such as the one that we're in is that the recent trends have been, gosh, you can kind of leapfrog up from the last one and um, continue to, you almost bounce off the last price because whatever that last one sold for, that's the new market value. And now it supports the appraisal report at that level. But now with this price sensitivity, as soon as these are, these newer to market listings in this affordable range, close escrow. Now we have more statistics and I don't think that they're going to leapfrog as high. And we have to be ahead of that to be the one that gets the offer or offers in as the seller and and as seller's advisor. Yeah. I was telling my buyers recently, you don't want a short escrow because you want these higher prices to come behind you and, and prove your appraisal. So short escrow, Smart. you might miss that one that because everybody knows that one closed around the corner and it wasn't as nice and it sold for this and it's and it's still pending. I'm going through this in San Jose right now. It's supposed to close today and everybody's holding their breath. And we close yeah. it in two weeks because we're waiting for that one to close to prove that. Right. And then I started really understanding the 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 beauty of a 30-day escrow. If you're if your buyers really want that property and we're we're stressing about that appraisal, that longer or longer standard escrow may cover you. Now, what you're saying is we could be looking at that flip-flopping here fairly soon because they could be offering a higher price when the lower ones start to come in. So it can could go the other way as well. Might be something to keep an eye out for. Yes. And I think that we're really jumping into the conversation on the sort of leading edge of this transition and that in about 30 days, 60 days, we'll have a lot of data to create a, a reality uh, off of what we're trying to forecast now. Um, because I think that that's not too far into the future that we wouldn't have the stats. I think we're going to have them that soon uh, to start drawing some conclusions like what did just happen and where's that mean we're going now? Is there going to be a line that you can trust is going a certain direction? as you try to forecast. I mean, I'm starting to see it look a little bit like it did before the last crash, which I have no beliefs we're going into that at all, but the adjustable products are starting to come back and the loan products are starting to change. Yeah. But the lenders are a lot more careful. They're looking for a lot more down. It's not, no. Um, but w- what what's Silicon Valley saying? What what are they seeing? Well, you're, I th- number one, I want to, reinforce your opinion that I agree um, that we have very different variables involved than the variables involved with the housing crash in 07, 08, 09. Um, 
And therefore, if we had sort of an adjustment even, so to speak, which sounds much less drastic, of course, than a crash, it would be different variables compelling it to move that direction. Um, and the range with which it would move would be different, um, you know, anyway. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, I don't think we're on the precipice of a big bubble. There are a lot of bubble, you know, articles and they're, you know, attention grabbing. So the headline gets the reader. So there's that, uh, you know, I'm not saying that maybe there are regions that could be in more of a sort of a bubble. And I think that it's hard to speak to because we're in an area that is pretty pretty durable when it comes to adjusting values, particularly when they're adjusting lower. And, and that durability has been an asset to the Santa Cruz region, and it's been an asset to homeowners in this region. Um, and yet, you know, it's not exactly a um, the case in other regions. So yeah, Silicon Valley enjoys that as well. I mean, Silicon Valley has been a job center. It's, you know, one of the biggest job centers in Northern California for sure. Um, you know, and jobs is one of the variables involved with, you know, demand and supply, frankly. Um, so Silicon Valley is echoing our sentiment that, oh, I don't think we're on the precipice of a bubble. And yet they are feeling the difference when it comes to days on market. They're feeling the difference on just number of offers. And one of the interesting elements there that's, uh, that is common across this in general area is you know, even if you just get one offer, which sounds funny, you know, years ago, just one, you know, but even if you just get the one offer and it does come in and it's higher than the list price, okay, great, you know, for the seller and, and perhaps you close and buyer really wanted it, that's the offer they made, they're fine paying it, they can afford it. But what's interesting is when you do just get the one offer slowly but surely, these buyers are going to become more, um, aware that perhaps there aren't other offers, perhaps this is not as competitive. And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, at some point there are going to be buyers who are going to have to be the first to say, I really want all my contingencies. I don't know what's going to happen with the interest rate. And if it goes way up again, really fast, that matters. Or if I don't explore the permit history or don't, you know, understand certain conditions to the home, I want to be able to cancel or at least try to renegotiate. So it's to me, I think what's interesting right now is like, who's going to be the first one to take the step to get to build an offer with those components that gets accepted because it was the only one. Hey, cat's out of the bag. That place only got one offer. Well, then why did I go so high and without any contingencies? You know, so that is to me something that is applying it. That concept is across Silicon Valley. Monterey Bay areas. And I, it's, it's interesting. It's a hurry up and wait. Who's going to, who, which ones are going to be the first ones that the transaction went that way. And it was the only offer. And so, yeah, let's work with them. And, you know, anyway, I don't know. I'd say two to three and maybe loan would come back. I did talk to Greg Hales about that. And he said he saw loan contingencies yes. coming back, but he didn't, he didn't see the other stuff coming back. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I mean, I think further, the more that the statistics come out, the more people can build a case for their position. And so um, over the course of time, we'll have more statistics and we'll see how much leverage that provides or affords 
buyers and their agents who are consulting with them that will look, you know, the comps suggest, you know, and what they're asking. And so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I think you're right. I think the loan um, contingency, the sensitivity to rates and cost of money is, is unnerving in keeping people up at night. Um, so locking a rate, not lock, like when do you lock, you know, all of that is such a thing right now. I think that's going to be more important for the most part. I did have clients interested in a, a, a townhome that they wanted and as is, I mean, they want all, they're all known contingent offers over in Santa Clara, but the, this particular place, I just wasn't feeling it at all. It just was such an apartment complex that wanted to live like a condo. And I was just like, ugh. And they, luckily, yeah. they didn't write on it. But um, I don't really still see the physical contingencies coming back because so many of the buyers just want to get in and they're okay with it. But the, but the actual month to month is what worries them more. You're absolutely right. Because that's what they have to really ultimately live with. They can go get that fixed and then that'll go away. But, but that payment comes yeah. to, and I had somebody go, well, they offered us a 4% fixed 30 year. And I'm like, oh, take it, take it, take it. Lock take it, take it, take it. <laughs> She's like, but we can yes. get a bit of rate. I was like, you, Maybe you could, I don't know, but you're, we're getting down to it. You need, you need to grab it. And I think that's really attractive. That's where we all were before 2020. So, yeah. Uh, In that affordable range, you know, and another thing will be cost of money. I mean, you can buy points to bring it down. And then it just comes down to a conversation of, you know, how much liquidity does this buyer have? And if they aren't in position where they have the liquidity to, pay the down payment and closing costs and buy the rate down, then the conversation goes to seller credit, right? And so seller credits enable prices to potentially stay up higher, right? So there's an element to that. The other problem is buyers exhaust their funds due to cost of money. And they're trying to think about, well, if we do need to put this much money into this house because of the condition of it, and we have no money left because of the cost of money, then we might want to look further and get a better understanding as to exactly, hey, can we get a bid for that thing that needs repaired? And then it's higher than they think. And then they start to, you know, so to be enabled to do that discovery, you need the investigation contingency. So personally, my opinion is, I think that's a delayed effect of the cost of the money is that they're going to start to think about what money they have to put into the place. And if they don't have enough liquidity after the close, then they're going to have to figure out, okay, we need to know really detailed what we need from the condition of this house to change and what that costs in order to make a good decision about whether we can afford this place. And that's the, to me, the push for the investigation contingency to potentially come back. Um, and I think it's a little delayed as it's a reality that hits a little bit harder slowly. Um, I hope so. Know, and, I fought for at least yeah, a couple days to do, you know, it's like, hey, we have a question about this. We need a couple days to go. And they were like, no. Right, right. And I'll tell you what, and this is my manager hat on, sorry, but it's better for everyone if there's a contingency for the investigation, in my oh, opinion. I think I, you know that too. And I think we're potentially on the precipice of people starting to settle in with how much they just spent and what they got. And then they see that this market may or may not be correcting or transitioning. 
and they start to sort of hyper-focus on what did they get for the money. And there's a little bit of hindsight opportunity there. And gosh, it felt like we we're pushed into this without really being able to see what we were getting. And so we have to be really careful. And as a seller in the risk management realm, at least if the buyer had an opportunity and even could cancel based on findings without repercussions, that's good for everyone. It is. I don't see it really coming back though. I know it's a scary one. I, I haven't really run across a few, very many buyers who are really that concerned. They're just trying to get in. Yeah. And um, the other thing we should go back to jobs. My husband and I had a conversation at a stoplight actually in front of the office and the bubble conversation come up and it always does when we're kind of in traffic because of the amount of construction we saw today, we saw uh, the building right next to mission Hill is getting redone. I don't know if you saw the three guys hanging off the top of the roof today when you came in, but, and then downtown has a lot of construction. Then while we're sitting in traffic, we're seeing all these business vehicles go past and supplies. And I remember that the last downturn and when it really started looking bad, when my husband come home and say, there's nobody on the road. There's nobody on 17. There's no, I'm the only, you know, I'm the only service truck or, you know, I, he, he directly correlated it with the amount of people he saw on the road. And he goes, I can tell you it's going to be fine because it's crazy. He goes, what you see here is what I see every day, all the time. And they're busy. Of course, I always think they get paid by the hour because they drive really slow, but that's just me. (laughs) I was I always think that when I'm behind a car, you must be getting paid at, by the hour because I want to get right. there. I don't know what you're doing yeah. in your car, but I actually want to arrive there at some point in time. But that's just me. And you know what's interesting is we're seeing gas surcharges hitting on some of the invoices from you know service providers and s- installation, you know, vendors, whatever. Um yeah. I actually yeah. heard um Sorry. I actually was on a a, a a forum where they there's agents charging their clients for their TC fees, passing those along. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know what, there's risk with that. I'm not um, interested in it, but I was completely blown away by it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know how to even comment publicly. That's just the fee overload that we're going to see. But, um, but then where I was going with the job thing too, is while, well, I understand you're seeing where people might be thinking how much they're paying. They're also looking a lot of the professionals, especially over there, are are getting pay raises to stay. People are, you know, there is some worry that those those people they have may go somewhere else. So they're actually looking at their income and feeling pretty good. You know, inflation is, I think, the big core to this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, seven, eight percent, most inflation, just like interest rates, which is all of course directly correlated. Inflation jumped up higher than it's ever done in 40 years. I mean, faster, jumped up faster, I should say, to a, to a peak that I hope we're at. Um, anyway, and I think that's directly related to this. And, and so, you know, you've got cost of living. And so people have to look more closely at their bills and, and what are they paying for? And like, hey, I'm a cord cutter, but all of a sudden I think I have Netflix, HBO, Disney Plus, Apple mm-hmm. Plus, whatever the heck, everything else, Hulu, wait a minute, I'm back to what, I need to cut some of those out. And so you do that 
across your, you know, your, your household expense sheet. And, and yeah, and all of a sudden you're looking for opportunity in each of the avenues to save a little bit because gosh, the gallon of gas and the gallon of milk and the whatever, um, you know, and can we do this ourselves? Can we, can we find another way to get the same enjoyment or, you know, improvement? Um, anyway, so yeah, no, I, I, that inflation is just a big, well, that's a good point though, actually, as we move into the several months around here, I'm going to do a cost of living video for my YouTube channel. And, you know, I was kind of listing everything out and I was like, Hmm, we grow some of our own food and you can do that here because of the weather. So yeah, the food costs more here, but you can actually grow your food or you can go catch it. Last night we had salmon and asparagus. We grew the asparagus and caught our own salmon. Now, granted, the gas to get that boat fired up was a lot, right? It's yes. probably fifty dollars right. a pound, right. but right. but we do have the ability here to do so. So, okay, gas is high, but we can ride and walk. I mean, we can really get around this town without having to incur that. And energy, sure. it's a good point. We don't get as hot or cold. We don't. There you go. I mean, and those are some of the things that create durability of values in mm-hmm. Santa Cruz County, right there. Because you just touched on a couple of things, one being lifestyle and the enjoyment that I caught this fish. I grew this asparagus. It's very fresh. It tastes great. And I like that I spent time doing it. Um, So whether or not you even saved, maybe broke even on the cost, the lifestyle enhancement that was gained and, you know, all of that, which is facilitated by this area. It's like the surcharge, though. I I mean, like, so you pay extra to live here, but then you get... Yeah, that's right. I mean, every, every, you kind of get what you pay for the most cliche term, phrase of all time, perhaps y- you get what you pay for. If you, you you're going to pay more here, but then you're going to have that, right. You're going to have the ability to, if you ride your bike in your mountain bike, I mean, look around, I mean, you know, if you like anything to do with the ocean, I mean, you know, our clean air index on the average day is fantastic. You know, our water available is actually we have quite a bit of water in these mountains and that's a big deal. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, a lot of these things create durability of values, which is very much relevant tying back to our theme of this podcast that, um, you know, Santa Cruz and, and what's changing in the marketplace, but what elements are causing this marketplace in Santa Cruz specifically to behave a little bit differently than other marketplaces. And for the most part, it's all positive. Thus, our prices tend to stay higher and and you get what you pay for here. If you take advantage of this area like you are with the good soil, with the good growing conditions, hey, it's not too hot, it's not too cold. And by the way, it's salmon season and we're going to go catch one and eat it. It's like, gosh, you know, it was worth the money. Yeah. We won't get into people live where they're politically aligned today. Uh <laughs> But I, which is a hot, but I, red, blue, or purple. (laughs) I know. So Santa Clara, they're they're kind of feeling it, but they're probably not saying it's it's an easier market by any means. I can't imagine it is. Um, I don't know much about Monterey. I do know Monterey. I've been kind of studying a little bit. Doesn't really do a members only. And if you're watching a a very short timeline on a listing. I noticed that the the idea of actually being able to see a listing 
through your real estate agent beforehand at least gives you a little bit more time for investigation and kind of digestion of that listing, which I think takes a little of the the heat off that that you know that fast paced uh, get to an offer. Yeah. But in markets that don't have that and still want that, you know, want that offer uh, a week later, it seems hard. Yeah, oftentimes, you know, urgency creates anxiety, right? Um, you know, and so with less urgency, perhaps there will be less anxiety. And one of the things we enjoy is, yeah, this members only, we're coming soon, sort of a status for the listing. You know, yeah, you have time to process sticker shock. You have time to process, okay, we understand the prices have been going up. This is up from the last one that's the next best comp. But is that appropriate given the potential change in the marketplace? And so, yeah, at least you have time to process that. You have time to walk through perhaps with the contractor or something like that. Um, hopefully there are reports you can have the contractor analyze and that directs the contractor to focus in on areas of the home. That's been a thing that's been a little bit more popular is at least maybe have a walkthrough with the contractor because more of our listings are having upfront reports, which is great, especially because we have such an urgent transaction um, cycle yeah. right now. It, and so at least you're afforded more information upfront, hopefully. So you don't really have much of a, a prediction for the next six months before we wrap up here? How about through the Hard summer? What do you think? Yes, through the summer. Um, I think that summer is always good for Santa Cruz, no matter what, you know, it's a beach town, right? So people are going to be here looking at it and it's hard not to like it. Um, and that's another one of the factors that creates durability with our values in Santa Cruz. Um, you know, I think that um, the recession talk is applicable um, to this conversation. We haven't really talked about the recession that probably is coming. Um, the timing has been forecast for 2023. Now it seems that the forecast is more like ah, late this year, right? And so when are they going to say it's going to be next, right? Are they going to back that up even closer to the summer, fall? And that's going to influence people that pull throttles that impact everyone, like interest rates, bank-to-bank -bank lending, you know, bond buying, all of that, because you know, the, the breaks on a recession, like, okay, it's coming and we know it and it's okay. Maybe it's healthy on some level that hopefully people can endure recessions and sorry, but um, yeah, that, you know, they're going to pull throttles that ease the recession in and out. Right. And the throttles that get pulled are going to be the thing that are going to hit us. And, um, and so it's going to be really relevant, I think, to forecasting our market conditions what's the next article about the recession timing going to say? And I think that, you know, no matter what the cost of money, as it's impacting our affordable range, it slowly but surely will impact the higher range. Just because the people that might be paying all cash and might be able to afford the luxury properties, they're also often very careful with their money. And it, the stock market volatility makes you, in that when you're in that position, I think, often think, whatever real estate's safer right but if the stock market can mellow on volatility well you couple that with the cost of rates and all that i think that there's still going to be a slow but sure impact in that higher end and so 
what does that mean? Okay, well, I think we'll just go up more slowly in value. Um, and that, you know, at the end of the year, like right now, year to date, our sort of average appreciation is probably a higher number than it will be actually at the end of the year. Right. So the months following yeah. this month, May, particularly June, July, all of a sudden it's like, it's not feeding that end of year statistic to be so high. And so I don't think we're going to go down per se. We'll just go up slowly rather than this crazy skyrocket upward trend. Which is also common to spring. That's yeah. right. Yeah, spring, yeah, very much so. I mean, spring has sprung and it's kind of like the spring energy popped and now it's done. Um, a lot of the pent-up demand even or that is a long-term sort of pent-up demand has been spent on some level. Um, and so I, I think that that's going to have a, a play too. I, I, we'll get more inventory, but the demand is, in a, is strong to meet the supply increase, right? So that, of course, in and of itself will create a higher days on market. And the, as these stats become more, um, you know, the data becomes available to analyze. You know, smart people look at the data. Smart people make informed decisions. People with the money, often they've made good decisions to get the money that they have to spend. And therefore, they're going to be looking at the newest information and it's going to be there to read that things have changed. And so they'll make different decisions, I think. And that's going to be within a couple of months. And so I think that um, buckle your seatbelt a little bit, but it probably will be a soft feel. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> starting to get those calls. Well, I've got cash and I'm from Fresno and I'm, I'm, I want to spend $900,000 and be by the beach and starting to get those calls because the market's going to tank and... Yeah. Right. Like I've been doing this a while, still haven't seen that, but okay. Right. Right. I don't know if it's going to change that drastically, but maybe you could get a condo that you could like stroll to the beach from. Yeah. Yeah. I I've also had to I have uh, a few more trust sales and um tenant occupied yeah. property sales because well people have passed away and things change, but I've had to tell people yeah. If you're waiting on somebody, I want you to know that person could be costing you money. And if you're trying to tiptoe around them or, or your, your attorney is a little busy right now and can't get to your paperwork, I would urge you to talk with them later. I mean, now than later because they're eroding your price, in my opinion, if we go on later yes. in the year. And I think your time is now. But I always like buyers to shop in the summer because it seems to me a little cooler. The buyers get distracted. They go on vacation. They go out. You know, they, they, the whole fervor is usually not as much as in spring. So I would say overall, maybe the summer will be kind of nice. Maybe we'll have that little bit of a soft landing. Yeah. We'll have a little bit more inventory and people can, yeah. you know. Kind of a breather, you know, which I think that the, the gas has been spent. And I think people, you know, I think people are out of breath. I think they need to yeah. breathe. Um, and that's, you know, influenced by market conditions and interest rates and whatever, but it's also just humans. Humans are, 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 are tired. Realtors are tired. I, I, when I talk I, to them, I, I, even people I don't know, they'll call me, you know, like for a referral and they'll say their name and I go, so how are you doing? They're like, oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> yes, it's a sentiment. And for goodness sakes, we know why. I mean, it's very easy to say, yeah, you should be. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so. Well, 
Yeah. And no, I'm with you. I think summer will be nice. I think that, you know, when there are alternative properties available, because there's more inventory, then, you know, the emotional stakes can be a little more relaxed because they have another one and, and another one to look at. And you know, so, with buyers in Santa Clara, it's rough. It's it's no contingencies, and it's even the open houses are far. Sometimes you can't even find parking for them. Yeah, but there's ten more next week to go look at. That's right. We're here. All you know, I have buyers right now. They saw one, but they, I don't think they can come down and look at it this weekend. And so there was one. Scarcity, yeah, yeah. right? Um, it's an element. Well, I thank you for coming on. Always fun to talk. And uh, I'll have you come on. Maybe I'll have you come on at the end of the summer. We'll 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 talk about. We'll commentate on the uh, what summer actually did. Once your kids are back in school, you have some time. Awesome. I like it. Let's do it. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's the realtor lady, Michelle Replogle. Is there a subject you would like me to explore in real estate or maybe about Santa Cruz? Feel free to contact me. I'd love to hear from you. Or if you'd like me to help you buy or sell real estate, that's also something that I do. You can contact me on Instagram, Live the Santa Cruz Life, or on my website, michellesellsforyou.com. That's with one L. My Facebook page, Live the Santa Cruz Life as well. Or check out my YouTube channel, Live the Santa Cruz Life with Michelle Replogle, and my email, michelle at michellesellsforyou.com. I would love to hear from you.